0: Hello and welcome to the Clutch Tennis Podcast. Um, We're back in 2021 for the new season, so we have a bit of a special episode today. Um, We're joined by uh, Jack Murray and Luke Walker as usual. So hello, guys.
1: Good afternoon. Hello.
0: Um, And as I say, today is going to be a bit of a different episode to the ones that we used to do. So we will carry on with uh, the old school style of um, podcast that we had been doing. But just to kick the year off, what we're going to do is we're going to have a bit of a predictions episode. Um, Given that there's no sort of standout event happening imminently, um, we're going to run through the year and say who we think is going to finish where inside the top 10. Um, We're going to make it a bit of a a competition, though. So we've actually each got a bit of money on the line on this one. Um, But the way it's going to work is we're each going to pick basically our top 10 in order. Um, we're also going to pick our slam winners. So French Open, Australian Open, Wimbledon and the US Open. We're going to pick our supposed Olympic winner, if it actually goes ahead this year. Um, and then we're going to pick what we call a wild card. So someone who we think might finish top 10 who never has. Um, <clears throat> alongside that, Jack actually also suggested that we we pick a, a first time titleist as well. Um, and just predict all of these things that we think might happen throughout the year. Um The way that we're going to score it is that... Um, so if you get anyone in the top 10 correct, that's one point. If you get them in the correct position, that's three. Any of the slam winners or Olympic winners are two points. Your first-time title list is three, and your wild card is five. Does that make sense, guys? Indeed, yeah. Crystal clear. Okay. And then at the end of the year... When it all comes together, we'll know where everyone has finished and therefore what points we've got. Um, um, so we're going to base these uh, these scores on, the, on our race scores. So uh, the players competing on their sort of 12-month basis rather than sort of the rollover that's happened as a result of COVID. So um, that's sort of how we're going to score it. Um, we've each prepared these lists already, so it's not as if we have to do too much sort of delving within the the rankings to find them out as we go. Um, so if you don't mind, I might kick things off if that's all right and go through mine first. Yeah, yeah go on. Lovely. Um, Okie doke So I'll start at number 10 and it's a bit of an interesting one for me um, in that I've gone for basically the greatest of all time. Uh, Roger Federer sits at number 10 for me. Um, I didn't really want to put him very high up because I'm not sure how much of the year he's actually going to play coming back from surgery, um, as well as we know that he's not playing the Aussie Open. So it, it's heavily a bit of a risk actually even including him in the top ten. I debated leaving him out, but I think he should pick up enough points at the back end of the year um to make it in. Uh number nine I've gone Gail Monfils, uh, very capable of picking up a, a large number of points if he actually applies himself. Um and doesn't get too sort of um what's the word interested in, in women. Spitalina injured um yeah or injured that's the one um <laughs> number eight I've gone for milos Raonic. I think he showed some great form coming into sort of the back end of last year uh, Cincinnati especially um where he he really shows what he can do um and I think his game is actually it's coming back again I wondered if he'd fall off the rails a bit but he's one who i think is always going to be there or thereabouts and i wonder if he's going to he's going to appear again into the top 10 this year again fitness providing because he's another one who's been a little bit riddled with injuries um and riddled with bad haircuts but we'll move on <laughs> from that um number 7 another man with bad haircuts uh, stefanos Sitsipas. um the greek youngster who i think is He's coming to fruition a little bit, but I think he's still a little bit of way off the other sort of top young guys coming through. Um, He has the potential to go deep into a slam, which is why he's, he's in my top 10. I don't know particularly what titles he's going to win this year. He will win a couple, whether they're big ones or two fifties. I don't know, but um, I don't, don't see him sort of breaking the barrier into the sort of top three or four really this year. Um, Andre Riblev comes in at number six for me. Standout year last year. I think he's going to have a little bit of a uh, a consolidation year this year, whereby he's um, he obviously got the game um, and he's got the, the firepower to beat more or less anyone. It's just going to be a case of can he apply it every single match. Um, and I think he's going to have a couple of fall-offs. I think he might drop out maybe one of the slams early doors because he's got that kind of flaky streak in him. Um, but I do think, yeah, I think he's a good candidate for just outside the top five. Um, number five is my baby Alexander Zverev. Um, what a player, probably the best in the world. But can he hold it together? Mm. It's it's coming there. It's going to be a really interesting year for him to see whether or not his new coaching team has any influence over this. Um, obviously, he's had a whole host of media sort of disputes Uh, about his old contract and how he was kind of forced into it at a young age. And he's also had a whole host of other things going on, such as the sort of domestic abuse claims and everything else. So how he holds it all together is going to be an interesting one. If he gels well with his parents as his coaches again, which I think he probably will, um, he might even push further than number five. But I'm going to stick safe and put him there for now. Uh, Number four, another Russian, uh, Daniel Medvedev. Um, another youngster coming through, and he has really started to make an impact now. Um, obviously, making slam finals as well as uh, sort of winning multiple masters titles, and now the ATP World Tour Finals, he showed that he can do it pretty much against the most informed player in the world, which is Dominic Team at the back end of last year. Um, and I think again, I think he's going to finish number four. I don't think he's going to beat the the very top few, but I think he's. He's going to be in or thereabouts. No chance is he outside of the top ten. I'm saying that now. Um, Number three, um, another goat of the game, Rafa Nadal. Uh, The Spaniard, obviously, he can compete on any surface. He's proven that by winning every slam that there is to win. Uh, Is someone like sucking on a straw? I just had a bit of water. That's fine. I could just hear like a like a hamster cage. Uh, (laughs) <laughs> um, okay I'll start my number three again. Um, so my number three is um, going to be Rafael Nadal uh, the Spaniard who has shown over his career that he can compete on any surface any time of the year and providing he stays injury free he's going to win a slam <laughs> in my opinion I think we all know which one it's going to be um, and he very realistically could actually finish number one it just depends on other people's performances a little bit and what level he can raise his game to um and also if he can get it together on the indoor swing i think he has a great chance um he was starting to show a little bit of impact there i thought in paris last year but um can he do it a little bit more frequently maybe at the world finals as well i don't know um number two now this is where it gets a bit more interesting i've gone novak djokovic um and I think that, therefore, I might as well just jump straight on to number one and say that leaves my number one as Dominic Team, the Austrian. I think those two are going to have a head-to-head battle this year where there's going to be lots and lots of sort of close-fought matches, maybe in even slam finals, that sort of territory. But I think Dominic Team is starting to, to find the edge, especially in that matchup. I think he's got more firepower than Djokovic, for sure. And it's just a case of can he hold that firepower together and use it at the right times? And I think that's a maturity level, which he definitely showed last year, winning his first slam and also going in deep in the World Tour Finals again, making the final, losing to Medvedev. Um, And also, team has the the calibre to do it on, maybe not grass, but the other three slams, Aussie, French and US. He could very feasibly pick up finals or winner points for for any of those three events, in my opinion. And that puts him in great standing to to be, be number one, in my opinion. Um, I'm just going to rattle through my slam winners, therefore, and say that my my Aussie Open is team. My French Open is Nadal. My Wimbledon is Djokovic. And my US Open is team. Um, I think team, as I say, I think he could pick up a couple of slams this year. Um, My Olympic winner is going to be Novak Djokovic. I think that um, his sort of passion for his country is actually that's one thing that I'm not going to take away from Djokovic. I don't particularly like him as a player or as a person. But um I think that his his pride for his country is quite quite large. And also he wants to win everything that there is out there. So um and uh now we're onto the the interesting ones, my wild card and my my first time titleist. I'm gonna go for my um my wild card first, because I, I feel like we might have similar options here. Um because we, we can obviously have the same picks. Um and my wild card is gonna be the youngster Yannick Sinner. Um, I think the the Italian has shown great gain. Won his first title in Sofia last year, um, and he's gone deep into the French Open last year as well. So he's shown that his composure is there, which is something I don't think we ever doubted. Um, yeah, I think he's got a great shot of becoming a first-time top tenner. Um, and my first-time titleist, Daniel Evans, the British player. Um, I I think he's gonna he's gonna have a good year again. And I think his title's just round the corner he's made a couple of finals it's it's bound to happen. He's got a very crafty game that can outwit anyone on his day um, so that's my selections. Um, I've given a bit of reasoning as to why I think each player could finish where they're going to finish um, well maybe we'll have a discussion at the end I think but for now if maybe if I hand over to uh, to, to one of you two I don't know who wants to shoot next uh, Should I go?
2: yeah go on
1: then, yep, go yeah. for it, okay, uh, so I'll do the same as you, Charlie. I'll start from ten, um just maybe mention yep. some players who honorable mentions, shall we say, nearly but not quite um <laughs> so uh Diego Schwartzman was very, very close for me. I actually had him in at one point, and I've crossed him out since um karina Buster um. I was thinking about this and then I thought, well, he basically got a freebie into, he would have probably lost in the US Open fourth round had Djokovic not tagged the line judge. Um, so that kind of, <laughs> I thought, mm. even though his poor 2019 meant that his rank is probably a little bit undermined at 16. It probably should be a bit higher. Uh, Federer missed out for me. Uh, I couldn't really justify a player who's probably going to play about eight events all year. Um, uh and Alex De Manor was another one who narrowly missed out for me. Uh I think he'll win. I think he might clean up the sort of two fifties this year. I think he'll win he'll be one of the highest uh, title winners at the end of the year. Um but his lack of any sort of form on clay ruled him out for me. Uh so I started my number ten, um, which was originally Schwartzman. I changed it just before we started recording to Milos Ryanich. Um basically same reasons as what you said, Charlie. As long as he can stay fit, he had a really good winning record uh, last year when he was fit. Uh, can very easily make Masters Finals and win some 500 titles. And Wimbledon as well, don't rule him out getting to the last four or even beyond. He's a very good grass court player and the Tour is not full of good grass court players right now. Uh, number nine, someone who I can't believe has never made the World Tour Finals, uh, Roberto Bautista Agu. Um, just as his career high rank, uh, I think he'll replicate that again this year, uh, just a, a staple of consistency on all three services, not quite as good on clay, but um, he will win matches on on clay just because of his consistency and his play style. Uh, number eight for me was Denis Shapovalov. Um, just, will it, you know, he looks like a top 10 player now. He's every year on year, he started to improve. Um, in terms of his mental game and, and being consistent, which is the main problem for him because he's had a top 10 game on paper for probably two seasons now. Um, and his relationship with Usney, I think, has benefited him. Uh, number seven for me is Andre Rublev. Um, I don't think his, he will have as good as a season as last year, but um, very impressive still. Uh, we expect him to win some titles. I don't think he's going to go that that deep at slams, which is why he's in this position probably quarterfinals maximum. Um, six for me is Alexander Zverev. Um, I think I couldn't justify putting him uh, below Rublev because Rublev had a career year last year and Zverev, despite making a slam final, would probably, you'd say, had a had an okay year for him, but that's just because of what we've come to expect from him. Um, just we, we expect Zverev to, to be right up there every year. So I think we kind of need to gauge expectations in that Zverev still finished higher than Rublev last year despite having maybe a lot of problems off the court and stuff like that. Um number five for me, Stefanos Sitsipas. Um again had a pretty underwhelming year from what we've come to expect from him last year. Um and he's still very young. I I expect him to improve on that this year. Don't think he, I could see slam semi-finals again, but not winning any. Um but I think it'll be a better year for him this year. Uh, number four for me is Daniel Medvedev. Um, just a, a staple of consistency. Actually had a, a, a bit of a wobble throughout most of last year um, up until right at the end. Um, yeah, it's, it's, I remember his indoor card record at one point was dreadful. It was like two out of ten. And then he went and won Paris in the World Tour finals. Um, but he's, he's just not going to lose that many matches that he shouldn't... and that'll put him up there in, in all sorts of different types of tournaments. Um, number three for me is Nadal. Um, it was, a, again, an easy world number one for me, but my world number two, which is Dominic Team, um, I think that team is now better than Nadal on, on all hard court surfaces. Um, and clay court-wise, minus the French Open, you'd say he's maybe even level with Nadal. Like You'd say team versus Nadal in Madrid or team versus Nadal in Rome is near enough 50-50 at this point for me. Um, so I think that team will will finish above Nadal. Uh, and world number one for me was was easy. Uh, Djokovic again. Um, Djokovic, prob- actually, I'm going to say, it would have won the US Open if he hadn't tagged a line judge, um, which is a freak. I think that if the the way that Team and Zverev both played in the final, there's no way that Djokovic would have lost to them. So I think that his his current rank, even though he is world number one, he probably has less points than than he should. Um, so for me, I, I think Djokovic is clear world number one again. Still the best player in the world. His re, his win record last year was ridiculous. Again, uh, I can't remember how many matches he lost, but obviously he lost the one against corona Busta, lost against Sonego, and apart from that. I think he lost maybe two or three more matches. Um I think because of the break of the pandemic you forget how how superior he was uh in twenty twenty. Um so that's my top ten. Uh did you just to, just
0: to jump in there, what one of the other losses that um he had was an absolute pumping by Nadal
1: in the French final. Yeah, yes. <laughs> yeah of course. Yeah. Which I I, I I I didn't expect him to win. Um I I don't have him to win the French Open this year. But apart from that um, I'd expect him to to be up there again quite comfortably. I'd say. Um, did you do wild card next?
0: Um, I I reeled off my slam winners nice. and then I did um, titleist and wild card.
1: Okay, so my grand slam winners are Australian Open Djokovic. Uh, I don't think this is as clear cut as previous years, uh, as the court is a lot slower than it has been. Uh, I think Team is second favorite here. Uh, French Open Nadal in terms of protecting myself from losing points, I kind of have to go Nadal, even though I do actually think he is going to win. Uh, it, the French Open last year was as balanced against him as it ever will be, and he still won't comfortably without dropping a set. So, um, yeah, got to go for Nadal. Wimbledon, mostly because of the how few and far between quality grass court players are on the tour these days. I have to go for, for Djokovic again. Um, look out for Reinich and Federer second and third favourites for me. Um, So much so that it made me nearly put Federer in the top 10 because I do think he'll have one last deep run. Uh, And US Open, I went for Dominic Team to retain his title. Um, US Open is always a bit of a a minefield, but um, Team has been so impressive uh, on hard courts, especially outdoors in recent times. And I I just think that um, he has a chance of retaining his title. Uh, My wild card, uh, unsurprisingly, is also Yannick Sinner. Um, I It was between him, uh, Ali, uh, Audrey Aliassime, Umbert, and Dibonor. Um But I just got to go for S- Sinner. I think he's got the biggest game. And also the game uh, to go deep on all surfaces. His, his volleys need a bit of work where grass is concerned. But in terms of firepower, he might not even need the net. Um, so I think he could go deeper on all surfaces. Uh, Olympics. I went for Stefanos Tsitsipas, um, Greek. Uh, he will become, if he's not already, he will become a national hero if he won this. Um, I just think that he's he's always up for it at the ATP Cup. Um, he obviously carries the weight of the country on his shoulders. I, I, he's probably the best athlete in their country. I, I don't know any others. Uh, so I just went for him. Uh, first title, after six finals, Félix Auger-Aliassime will finally win a title in 2021, surely. Uh, he's obviously got quality for it. It's just needs to get over that mental block. He needs, no offence, but he needs a dud or something in a final, I think, to get over it um, at this point. Um, just run into quality players consistently, even in 250 finals. Um, and is that me done? I think it is.
0: Yeah, yeah, uh I think I think it is. Um, just to say, what you said there is spot on about Felix. I think I think he's due a title. It just really depends whether or not he does get that that really awful quality final that he needs. Um, because I think if he plays anybody of half decent level, I don't think he's going to win. He's he's got such a mental block now about winning this title that he he just can't do it. I, I and he's not even been close the last couple of times. Yeah.
1: I agree. It's just in terms of, of, I think, playing the percentages, I think, well, he's definitely the best player on tour who's titleless. Um, so I think surely he's, he's, he's got to win one. Um, otherwise, yeah. I know what came into my head, out of, if you're interested, was just Davidovic Fokina, um, who improved a lot at the end of last year. And I think mm-hmm. has the quality to blow some players away. But in terms of playing the percentages, I, I had to go for Felix.
0: I really thought you would have gone with what I went for and gone with Dan Evans, just because of how close he's been. He's had championship points, I think, in Delray. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. But we'll see. Anyway, Luke, I suppose it's it's your turn to to round off your your 10 now. So, do you want to kick things off?
2: Yes. Well, there's some similarities, some differences between, um, between mine and yours. So, we'll see. Uh, number 10, I've got Roberto Batista Goots. Um, as Jack said incredibly solid player on all surfaces apart from apart from maybe clay but um yeah he's he's got a good record against the good players as well notably Djokovic. Um, and yeah he's he's someone that you know if if from a betting perspective you know that he's gonna try his hardest in every match um which is nice so yeah i think I think he should uh, grab a top 10 finish this year. Uh, number nine, I've gone for Denis Shapovalov. Um, as you say, he's had the game for a while, and I think mentally it's, it's starting to come together. Um, and, you know, I think he could, if, if he's playing his best, he can trouble, I mean, anyone, really. Uh, number eight, I have gone for Roger Federer. Um, even though we, we don't know how many events he's going to play this year, I um, you, you feel like a, a couple of events, at least, the draw will open up and he will he will take advantage. You know, case in point, the Aussie Open last year. Um, however, I can't see him finishing any higher just because I think the people above him in this list, um, I'd, I'd expect to beat him nowadays, to be honest. Uh, number seven, I've gone for Stefano Sitsipas. Um Again, well very good play obviously but I, I just think the players I put a above above him will will have a better year really I don't know I <laughs> don't, don't know how else to explain it um number six I've gone for Alex Verov. um as he said good you know good year last year he was playing some really nice stuff I mean well we, we, we obviously know he's a great player um but the, the mental questions still remain. Which is why he's maybe not uh, not high on my list. Number five, Andre Gubles. Um, I think he's gonna build on last year and go even better. I, uh, he doesn't strike me as someone who's gonna just be content with top ten. He works really hard off the court, um, and his games. I mean, his games unbelievable already. He improved so much last year. I think he'll keep keep improving, but not enough to. Not enough to break the top four. Uh my number four is also Daniel Medvedev, same as you two, I think. Um you know, in- incredibly hard to beat, obviously. Um played some fantastic stuff to win the ATP finals. Um and looked like the player that we saw at the back end of twenty nineteen in the uh in the American hard court swing. I think he could uh I-, I do actually have him winning a slam this year. Uh, which we'll get onto later uh top 3 is is tricky i've gone for uh dominic team at number 3 well i've gone for team because i think he's better than the rest definitely and he's um you know he's he's capable of beating anyone obviously um however i think the top 2 will have more um, more consistency over the season and um yeah, they they well, the top two have been been there, done that uh, more than team has. Um, so yeah, but I do think I do think he does have a chance of finishing number one. I do think there could be a, a new number one this year. Um, yeah, number two, I've gone for Rafael Nadal. Um, I think I think he'll win he'll win the French Open for sure. Um, he's you know pretty much unbeatable on clay. And he's still very good on, on grass and hard. Um however, I don't think um don't think uh sorry let me say it again. However, my number one is Novak Djokovic. Um I think he's he's still the best player in the world despite some some slightly strange losses at the back end of last year by his standards. Um I think this year maybe he'll he'll refocus and uh and yeah, I I I think he'll he'll finish number one. But I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that uh there's a new name, number one. Uh I'll move on to my slams or the open I think uh I think Djokovic will win it again. Uh, but as as Jack said, not as clear cut as before. I think there's there's quite a few other names that you could throw into the mix there uh french open gone nadal as i said wimbledon uh, i've gone Djokovic again just because um uh, there are not there aren't many other good good grass players at, at the top at the moment um, and us open i'm i've gone for medvedev um i think he, he well he was very close last year um but he played he played a really poor semi against uh, against team i think it was he he had a he had a call, umpire's call that went against him, and that seemed to affect him for the majority of the rest of the match, which was a shame. Um, but yeah, I think especially especially if there's a if the crowd is there and you know they give him the energy to go on and win his next seven matches, then you know <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I I think he'll win the US Open uh, gold medal. Um, I did I did consider six the pass, I think. You know the Greeks, if if they're allowed to travel there, they they will support him really heavily. Um, also consider Federer, because you know he gets the support wherever he goes, and it's realistically his last chance to win something he's never won. Um, but I have gone Djokovic uh, just because it's the it's the only thing he hasn't won, um, and he does he does tend to play really well for his country, as we saw in the ATP Cup last year uh by wild card, I I've also gone for Yannick Sinner. um it, it was tough cuz um looking at the rankings 11 to through to 20 have all been uh top 10 in the past so that, that rules them out uh and beyond that I think Yannick sinner has got the the best game at this moment in time um to which could um which could make him a top 10 player if that if that makes sense um you know, had a, had a brilliant end to the year, winning a title. Grand Slam quarter-finalist. Played brilliantly against Nadal, despite losing his straights. But I think that speaks more about Nadal than it does about Sinner. Um, so, yeah, I've joined you on Sinner. Uh, first ATP title, I've gone slightly left field, and I've gone for Alejandro Davidovic for Kina. Um, again, he's playing, playing some really good stuff at the end of last year. I think he, he's improved a lot. Uh, his forehand is—I'd—I'd say it's one of the biggest on on tour. It's absolutely massive, you know, all, m- almost as big as mine. Um, and yeah, I think um, I think you know, it, one, uh, one of one of the two fifties, the draw will open up, and I think he'll he'll go all the way. So yeah, that's my predictions.
0: Okay. Yep. Yeah. So, I think, yeah, there, there's some definite themes between between the three lists there. But some interesting differences. Um, what you said about Medvedev actually is quite interesting um, because uh, me and Jack sort of both omitted him from our slam winners, which is interesting given that, I mean, at the moment, he's given we've got nothing to go on this year, he's still the most formed player in the world at this moment in time. Um so it's it's tough, but i think I think everyone's got some decent shouts in there. I think what it's going to come down to is to who eventually wins this. I think the slams are going to be quite big because we've got a, a variety there other than the French and Wimbledon where I think we've all opted for for Nadal and Djokovic. Um, I think the the Aussie and u s are, are quite a, a difference between our picks um, obviously our wild cards are all the same um, Our top tens feature largely this. I think you you two had more similarities than mine. I went a bit more sort of um, traditionalist with my picks in that uh, I've worked, I've gone for people largely who were in it last year. I don't think there's going to be much change. I think the the positions will shift within that ten, but I don't think the names are going to change massively. Um, uh, Jack, you left out Federer. I didn't did. You? I think that's going to be an interesting point of debate. Um, does Federer play enough tennis this year to to come back into the top 10? Does he go deep enough into slams, especially Wimbledon to get back into the top 10? Does he come back from this knee injury at all? Because it's all been a little bit sketchy as to when he's actually going to return. He hasn't really given a date. Um, he's, he's given ideas, but I mean, we all thought he'd be back for the Aussie and he's not. So um I don't know really, so that's a bit of a a topic of discussion. But for me, I really think I think the year, quite honestly, could could just be called Team versus Djokovic. I think we're going to see a lot of head to heads versus those two. Um, but that's that's to be seen. So um, well, I think we'll leave it there. Um, we've got our, our our picks lined up and locked in. Um, So we'll we'll revisit this maybe halfway or quarter of the way through the year and just see how we're doing. Um, And we can maybe we'll have a couple of reviews um, and then we'll have a final discussion at the end of the year to see who wins. Um, So so stay tuned for other podcasts of this nature. But um, we'll be coming back for our first traditional podcast, our proper podcast sessions. Um, I believe it's for Melbourne with the run-up events to the Aussie Open. Is that correct, guys? Yeah. So ATP Cup and Melbourne um, will be coming back for in the run-up to the Aussie Open. Um, When we do our normal podcast, we'll be doing them the same way that we always do, where we pick our accumulators, our wildcards, and our outrights. And it will just run exactly the same as it did previously. Um, I have promised the boys that I'll be much more on it with the the articles uh, this year as we go through um, sort of. Tipping more matches so that we don't just have first rounds um so as I say, stay tuned for that as well so thank you very much guys for for being Thanks involved Charlie. thank you no worries um and uh i'll I'll see you again in a couple of weeks' time
2: yeah, yeah indeed.